I'm Dennis Tubergen. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates Radio Program. Glad you decided to listen in today. Joining me in segments two and three of today's program will be economist and multi-time best-selling author, Mr. Harry Dent. Uh, I caught up with Harry this past week, and I got his forecast on stocks. I got his forecast for real estate as well as the overall economy. Uh, I will air that interview in segments two and three of today's program, so you will want to stay tuned for that. And it is September. Happy fall. Where did the summer go? But because it is September, I have for you a brand new special report. It is titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? If you'd like to get your copy of that report, along with some bonus information, all you need to do is visit the website, requestyourreport.com. The website again, requestyourreport.com. When you let me know where to mail you that report, I will not only send you the report, but also some bonus information. And in this month's special report, uh, you will discover why the Inflation Reduction Act may ironically actually end up causing even more inflation and what you might do to protect yourself. Why I believe this act may change the prescription drug industry in a major way. It also talks about the IRS's new power. And again, and most importantly, what to consider now in your situation to protect yourself and potentially prosper. So again, to get your copy of that special report, simply visit requestyourreport.com. Let me know where to mail the report, and I will be very glad to get it out to you. Now, I have been talking about the fact that uh, I believe that we will ultimately get into a stagflationary environment. So in the rest of this segment, I want to give you some evidence that I believe we are headed that way. I believe we're going to see continued inflation in the price of consumer essentials, and we will likely see deflation in financial assets or should I say continued deflation in financial assets like stocks. And as I talked about last week, real estate is also starting to weaken. Now, this whole idea of inflation followed by deflation was put forth originally by Thomas Jefferson, one of the founding fathers, who told us that that would be the outcome if we ever allowed private bankers to control the issue of our currency. And contrary to the advice given to us by Mr. Jefferson, we have not followed that wisdom and instead put private bankers in charge of U.S. monetary policy. And the result, really, since 1971, has been a period of boom and bust cycles. We get a boom, we get a bust. We get a boom, we get a bust. And each time there's a bust, the Fed jumps in with easy money policies to attempt to inflate the economy again. Now, I think we're seeing evidence of both inflation and deflation now. We're seeing this, this stagflationary period, which again, I believe the price of consumer essentials will rise, and we're starting to see the value of financial assets fall, and it looks a lot like the 1970s. Now, I believe at some point that the Fed given the recession, given the deflation of financial assets, I believe the Fed will at some point likely reverse course. I believe that they will go back to 
easy money policies. Now, some of you may be taking issue with that if you listen to what the chair of the Federal Reserve, Mr. Jerome Powell, had to say this past week after the Jackson Hole Fed meeting. Now, there was an article on Yahoo Finance that talked about it, and the article started by talking about the fact that uh, stocks dropped about 3% on the Friday that Mr. Powell made his announcement. Now, what did Mr. Powell say that spooked stocks to such a great extent? Well, Mr. Powell simply said this, quote, reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. What does that mean? Reducing inflation means that we have to have a recession. That's not what Mr. Powell said, but that's exactly what that means. Now, he went on to say, quote, while higher interest rates slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to household and businesses, he said. Quote, these are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation, but a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. Now, my question is simply this. Who caused the inflation to start with? What caused the inflation? Well, the bottom line is it's Fed policy. It's all this currency creation that has caused inflation. Now, here's a point that I believe is not made very often when it comes to how do you get inflation under control. Right now, the Fed has raised interest rates to about 2.5%. The last time there was an environment that inflation had to get under control, that we had really high inflation, it was about 40 years ago, and then Federal Reserve Chair Paul Volcker increased interest rates to 20%. That's a long way. That's a far cry from the current 2.5%. And I will tell you that it will be impossible for Mr. Powell and his colleagues at the Fed to increase interest rates to the same level that Paul Volcker did, even though, in my view, that is what will be required to get inflation under control. Now, why will it be impossible? Well, the math doesn't lie. Back when Paul Volcker increased interest rates to about 20%, the federal government didn't even have $1 trillion in debt. Today, the federal government has nearly $31 trillion in debt. If that had to be financed at 20%, interest service on the debt would be $2 trillion greater approximately than total federal tax revenues. So I believe that because it's going to be difficult to get inflation under control, the Fed will try to fight the recession. And I believe that they will reverse. Now, I'll talk about this in the next couple segments with my special guest today, Mr. Harry Dent. But we are already seeing pretty strong signs of a recession. We're seeing signs that deflation is now kicking in. 
I don't know how many of you saw the survey, but there were 722 executives surveyed. And over 50% of these executives said that they would be eliminating jobs in the next 12 months. And the layoffs have started. Ford Motor just announced they'll be laying off 3,000 white-collar and contract employees. Wayfair is laying off employees, as is Peloton, as is Groupon, as is Best Buy, HBO Max, Shopify, Remax, and Walmart. And that is just the start of it. I believe that we are going to see an intensification here of the recession, and I believe we're going to see stagflation intensify as well. I believe the Fed is painted into a corner, and what you need to do is understand where we are and do what you can to protect yourself. So to that end, I'd like to invite you to get the September special report as well as all the bonus information, which includes our forecast for the economy, includes our forecast for markets, and includes a couple of my best-selling books, as well as the September special report titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? All you need to do to get all that information for free and without any further obligation is visit the website requestyourreport.com. When you visit the website requestyourreport.com, all you'll need to do is let us know where to mail that report and all the information, and we'll be glad to do that. So again, visit requestyourreport.com and let us know where to mail your big box of stuff. I will be back after these words with my special guest, Mr. Harry Dent. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. Joining me once again on today's program is returning guest, Mr. Harry Dent. Uh, if you're a longtime listener or um, a reader, you undoubtedly know who Harry is. He is a prolific author and economist, and uh, he's offering a free weekly newsletter uh, to our listeners today by visiting harrydent.com. And Harry, welcome back to the program. Yeah, nice to be back, Dennis. So, Harry... Uh, the Federal Reserve just met in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and uh, give me your take as to uh, what the Fed said and, and, and where you think they go from here. Well, you know, it's just kind of like clueless as normal. Uh, Jerome Powell comes out and says, you know, we fundamentally believe the economy is strong. And I'm like, really? You've been stimulating nonstop since early 2009 after the last recession, and then when COVID hit you, you printed five trillion, and then then and then the government added another five trillion in fiscal stimulus, the biggest stimulus program by far in history, ten trillion in two years, and we're already back at a recession. And you think the economy is fundamentally strong? My indicators, as you know, Dennis, have said from the beginning, 2008 through 2023 will be one of the weakest periods demographically in history, very similar to the 1930s, a big generation peaks. And then you have a, a lull until the next generation, in this case, the millennials come along. They don't come along until 2024. So we are in a weak period. 
And that's why we've been living on stimulus now for 13 years, which which is stupid. You you shouldn't you should let an economy work out its bad debts and and bubbles and stuff and not keep pumping it up. This is like 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 putting your kids on drugs, you know, like telling your kids to go take cocaine to be happy. You know, that's what they're doing. So it's really I think this is not going to go down well in history. I'm surprised they've gotten away with it this long. But but I think what I've been saying, you know, we're we're going to have to have a downturn before we come out of this. And I think that downturn now has happened because guess what? They finally slipped up. They overreacted to COVID, a short term crisis by definition, only like like the like the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, only likely to last a couple of years and then go away like everyone in history. They they pump up the economy, 10 trillion, like I said, in two years. And now they have to tighten after that. So this tightening, <laughs> here's my forecast. By the end of the year, this year, we'll realize how weak the economy is. This tightening is going to hit hard because the economy is so weak. All we need to do is stop stimulating it. And we would go into recession, whereas <laughs> more than that, actually tighten and slow it down. So this will not work out well. So, Harry, the uh, the powers that be have said that, uh, you know, that two consecutive quarters of economic contraction, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're in a recession. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we said that was a recession before, but now that it's happening, we're saying, no, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what does uh what does this uh this this tightening look like? I guess do, do, where do you see stocks going from here? Well, well, uh, you know, again, stocks have already um, you know, what what I've been looking for, Dennis, knowing that this crash is going to come, knowing it's overdue, knowing they can only keep this thing going so long, and now knowing that they're being forced to tighten the stock market's already gone down 35% first hit, and that's what I look for. I look for typically 40% first crash, but but you can only confirm that a bubble is over when you see something like a like a 30 to 40% first crash. 20% crash is nothing for a bubble. They can have those all day. So that was a sign to me that, yes, this bubble's over. We are not going to make a new high. The markets are marching up like they're going to make a new high. I think they've already gone about as far as they're going to go. I think we're actually heading into the next wave down. And by the way, any major crash or any major movement up and down in, in stock markets or markets has has a five-wave sequence. In this case, a first wave down, which we just saw into June, a second wave retracement right at 50%. That is a perfect retracement, okay? And then a third wave down, which is usually the longest and steepest wave. That's what we're starting now. And I think by January of next year, we're going to be down 60% in the stock market instead of 35 at the last one or more. And that's when people are going to know, yes, this is not a recession. This is not, I mean, this is not a mild recession. It's not another correction in a bull market. The bull market's over and we're going into something deeper. And then we'll have a bounce after that. Um, you know, in the next year, and then we'll bottom probably around late 2023, early 2024. So, so we're going to see at least a two-year downturn. It's going to be the crash of our lifetime, which I've been projecting now for many years. This is not going to be another correction. It's going to be a major crash that's going to be more like 1929 to 32 than 2000 to 2002 or, or, or 73 to 74 other major crashes we've had since. So this is going to be the crash of our lifetime. And the good news is we won't need one after this. This will be the final 
crash to bring markets and real estate and all the things that have bubbled up back down to reality. And then we can grow normally again with the next generation. It won't be as big as the baby boom. The boom will not last as long. 2024 to 37 is the next boom in the economy naturally without stimulus. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that'll take us back, you know, to where the you know, economy was at the peak of the baby boomers, the stock markets to go back, back maybe near these highs. But I don't think the stock market will ever make substantial new highs again in our lifetime. We've seen the demographic peak of our lifetime and a bubble on top of that, which over-exaggerates and overreacts. So we're going to go down hard and it's going to be, I don't think the markets quite make a new high, even in the next boom into 2037. So Harry, that's quite a prediction. Let, let me ask you this. Do, do you uh, want to give us some ideas where you think the markets go from here by the time they bottom? How low do they go? Yeah. Yeah. My projection Basically, as we go back, the best way to think of it, go back to the 2008 crisis lows, which really the stock market didn't bottom until between 2011 and 2012, depending on the sectors and stuff. So that we're just going to go back to there. We're just going to retrace just the giant bubble, the second big bubble that followed the first one that peaked in 2000, the second tech bubble. We're just going to knock out that bubble, and that brings us back down to back down to long-term trends and the stock market will not grow as fast or as much in the future, but we won't be overvalued anymore. So, so that means 86% down in the S and P from the top um, and 92% down from the 16,212 top. I think my target for the NASDAQ is right around 1300. So that is 92% down. That is, that's going to be the worst crowd. The NASDAQ, is the lead bubble here. The Dow was, was the lead bubble back in the roaring 20s when it was the only, you know, it, it was like the NASDAQ, but then all the leading edge, you know, General Motors was a leading edge company back then, and RCA and companies like that. So this is going to be almost as bad as the 29 to 32 crash, not quite as bad, not last maybe quite as long. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's something nobody alive today has seen in their lifetime. And nobody in any economist said, oh, that won't happen. Governments won't let it happen. Look, governments were the ones that kept pumping this bubble up, never let it reset the debts and the excessive stock and, and flush out the bubble companies and the zombie companies. We have more zombie companies as a percentage of, of Fortune 500 than any time in history. So you've got to get rid of these the bad debts and the zombie companies. And until you do that, the, comp the, the broader economy cannot grow healthily again. And, and we don't go through this crisis in the next few years. The poor millennial generation, our kids following us, are going to have a compromise boom. You just cannot grow as well unless you flush out the bad stuff. That, that's why my biggest argument with economists is you do not understand the economy if you think recessions are bad and they're the enemy. Recessions are just as necessary as us going to sleep every night and restoring our body and our, and our brains and everything and, and, and that sort of thing and resetting. It is totally necessary. You can't just grow all the time. You have to get rid of bad debts and, 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 and weak companies and flush out the bad stuff so you can continue to grow. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to eat and you have to eliminate. You want to make it that simple, okay? And, and they're not allowing that. They haven't allowed that. We have, this is the longest time in all of stock history 
without us having a recession or substantial stock correction. So we're going to get one late, but it's not going to be a small one. Well, if you're just joining me, I'm chatting today with Mr. Harry Dent. Uh, Harry is offering a free weekly newsletter to our listeners. Visit harrydent.com, and you can sign up for that. And, Harry, we've got just uh, a few minutes left in this segment. You mentioned real estate. Uh, do you see real estate uh, doing what it did back uh, at the time of the great financial crisis, or do you think we'll be a little bit, uh, it'll be a little bit more mild as far as a correction goes this time around? No, this one, and I've said this from the beginning, uh, Dennis, this one, we didn't let the other one, the last one, just like the stock market, we didn't let it go all the way and, 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 and take out, get us all the way back to trend. So this one's going to have to be more like a 50% correction, which is a lot. The last one was 34%. And, and by the way, Dennis, we did not, we only saw 26% housing correction in the Great Depression. And that's because back then in the roaring 20s, people couldn't borrow so easily. Uh, so, so, so we, the real estate didn't bubble up anywhere near as much as stock. So even with 25% unemployment, we only saw a 26% correction. I'm projecting it was 34% from 2006 to 2012, the last crash. That's the biggest real estate crash we've had in history. This one will be a little bigger than that and a little longer. In fact, that is my rule right here is think 1.5 times. Stock market is going to go down 86% instead of 57%. Okay. Unemployment is going to be 15, 16% instead of 10 to 11. You know, and, and, and housing is going to go down 50% instead of 34%. So everything's going to be about 50% worse. And, and, and it's going to last longer instead of whatever it was 1.7 years or the last 2.7 years, that sort of thing. So think of this as the 2008 crisis number two, finishing what that one did and did. Uh, if they had let it go and not stimulated like crazy, it would have looked like 29 to 32, and we would never have to to re, uh, you know, deal with with bad debts again, and we'd never have to go back to those lows. But we will go uh, back to those lows or lower, at least back to the 2008 lows. And so that's a long way. And so so what I ask tell people, real estate's harder than stocks. Real estate is so varied around the country. The simple rule is, what was your worth? Whatever you have, office, home, uh, vacation home, what was it worth at the bottom of the last crisis in 2011 to 12? That's where we're most likely to go at a minimum. It's, it's my most likely target, but it's also my minimum target. That's your downside potential. If, if that's okay, and maybe you're in, in, in southern Ohio and it's only 20%, yeah, I wouldn't sell a house over a 20% correction, especially if it's my main home. But but if it's a vacation house that you see it's going to be down 50 or 60% potentially, yes, why would you sit through that? That does not make sense. So people really need to take a look at real estate because real estate's a lot harder to sell. The, the other good news here is, you know, real estate takes longer to top and go down stocks. I, this, if stocks do what I say in the year end, go down one more time and start making new lows, that's your signal that real estate is going to fall harder as well. So so you, you get a little more time to sell real estate, but you better sell whatever you're going to sell before the end of the year. You know, sell it into the nice fall season. Well, my guest today is Mr. Harry Dent. You can get his free weekly newsletter by visiting harrydent.com. I'll continue my conversation with Harry when RLA Radio returns. Stay with us.
I'm Dennis Tuberg, and you are listening to RLA Radio. My guest today is prolific author and economist, Mr. Harry Dent. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Harry's offering his free weekly newsletter to our listeners today. To subscribe, go to harrydent.com. And Harry, we've been talking about, uh, just to recap for maybe people that are just joining us, we've been talking about the fact that you're predicting a huge downturn from here in both stocks and real estate. Um, and it seems like the signs of recession are, are really uh, here. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, a number of companies, there, there's layoffs, uh, you know, uh, Peloton, Wayfair, Ford, Remax, uh, Best Buy, Walmart. I mean, across the board, we're seeing layoffs. Um, is this a preview of what we're going to see over the next couple of years? Yeah, it is. This is the first way. We've just seen the first wave down in stocks. We've got two more of that size or more coming, and one of them will be more. And so that's over the next year and a half. And the economy's going into recession. They're going to look back and say it started sometime in the summer, okay? Everybody's arguing is it a recession or not. I don't care. We're moving into a recession and a deep downturn. Housing prices have to come back down to where the millennials and the, the young people can afford them again. Otherwise, they'll never have the lifestyles we did. Stocks have to come down to where people can invest for their retirement and hope to get a decent return. I saw one study, it's a very good study, that compared this the valuation today to the past and said if you buy stocks today, regardless of whether the economy is going to go up now, just on long-term averages, you will be lucky to make two percent, you will lose two percent a year over the next decade. Two percent a year, you will lose. Why? Because they're overvalued. So how are how are these millennials going to invest for retirement like the baby boom that we're cashing out, retiring at a great time? We've seen the best uh, bull market in stocks and housing and vacation homes and all the stuff we own ever. This, this the next generation is going to be in deep trouble if we do not deflate this greatest financial asset bubble in history. And I, and I got a number on this. Nobody has this. I don't know why. took a little work, but it's not hard to find. Total financial assets in the world today are almost seven times GDP at $95 trillion. It's about $600 trillion in financial assets. You know what that number should be historically at that level of GDP? Two to $250 trillion. We are overvalued by at least three hundred trillion dollars in financial assets, which means then it's real simply because the economy will always get back through balance. We're going to have to lose. People are going to lose half their net worth if you just sit in these markets over the next few years and listen to your stockbroker who, who in good intentions and would be right 90 percent of the time in the past would say, oh, just, just sit through the correction. This, mark my words, is not a correction you're going to want to sit through because it's not a correction. It is a great Reset is the best two words. We're going to reset the greatest bubble in history, just like in 1929 before that, and just like on a 90-year cycle, 1835 before that, if you go way back, major bubbles have to reset back down to normal, and that's what we're going through. This is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Nobody's going to warn you about it. Nobody's going to understand it until after it happens, and I'm telling you, people are going to turn around and feel like they're the dumbest person on the earth when this bubble crashes and they go, gosh, of course it was a bubble. Look at that. What, why would stocks go up four times in 10 years? You know, this is crazy. This is a bubble. And if you don't think it's a bubble compared to every bubble in history, and you can't even compare it, this bubble is so much bigger, so much longer, and global. This is totally global. Everything's bubbled. All asset classes in almost everywhere in the world 
There is no precedent for this. And anybody says this is not a bubble is blind, has not studied history. This is clearly a bubble. And I'll tell you the last thing, no questions about it, unless this is the first time in all of history, bubbles only burst and they only burst hard. There's never been a soft landing to any bubble in history, period. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm chatting today with Harry Dent, who's offering his free newsletter to our listeners. You can go to harrydent.com to subscribe. And Harry, as you were talking, stating that financial assets are overvalued by $300 trillion, it occurred to me that banks have, as assets, financial assets. So what does what you are forecasting do to the banking sector? I mean, we're going to have, uh, we have to have banking failures, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, just the loans, most of the loans are against real estate. And if real estate goes down, I mean, you saw what, what the 2008 crisis did to banks and real estate. Well, well, imagine real estate going down 50 percent instead of 34. That puts more and more loans underwater. Financial assets, people's financial assets go down. And of course, they're going to sp- feel less wealthy and spend less on margin. It's not like their income going down where it's a direct impact. This is an indirect impact. If I, if I was worth $5 million and all of a sudden my accountant or stockbroker told me now I'm worth $2 million and I'm five years from retirement, you'd think I would spend a lot less uh, and save more for retirement knowing that I don't have as much assets and it was a mirage? Of course it is. So this, this is going to be a shock to investors, to consumers. But, oh, my gosh, banks and financial institutions, your pension plans have all these stocks in them. <laughs> They're going to pay you your pension, you know, and your, and your 401k plans has it. Everybody's going to get a shock on this. Nobody is as wealthy as they thought they were. This is a mirage. Bubbles are always a mirage. So, Harry, given where, uh, you know, the, 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 this is going, uh, does the Fed stay the course? It just seems to me there's going to be a lot of political pressure for the Fed to reverse course. And uh, assuming they do, what does that do to inflation? Well, first of all, the markets are already assuming right now that the Feds are overreacting. They're over-tightening, which they are uh, in a sense, uh, because this boom is – this is more the stimulus from COVID than – the fundamental strength Jerome's talking about, Jerome Powell. So <clears throat> they're already assuming they're going to have to pivot. But it's not, that's not what the Fed usually does. They don't go and, 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 and stimulate and then suddenly switch to, to tightening. They would, they would more like back off the stimulus for a while and then maybe tighten. But, you know, they, they, I think that what's going to happen, my scenario is, that the economy is going to go down faster and harder in the next several months than they think. It's not as strong as they think without all this stimulus and that they are going to have to turn around and, 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 and uh, stimulate and lower interest rates again, because we're going to be in a mini depression for a few years. So they're going to have to, but it's too late. Okay. We've already seen that first stock crash, which already tells me we're not going to see new highs. Investors are used to, you know, oh, it goes up, it cracks 10 or 20 percent, then it goes new highs, new highs. Well, this is the first time that happens. So now investors know they're not in la-la land anymore. So they're not going to jump back in as hard as they did in the past. And we're not going to see new highs. They're very unlikely. So when, when this next wave comes in and we're down 60 percent by January of next year, oh, and guess what? If January is a down month, that, that 90 percent of the time says 
that 2023 is going to be another down year. And of course, my my indicators say it will take at least a late 2023 to have enough of a crash and downturn to clear out all these excesses. So people are just going to slowly wake up. And the more they do, everybody's going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe we believe this bubble stuff, that we went for it, that we bought that second house, that we, you know, right at the top of the market, that we bought stocks at the top, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> that we put our our pension plan mostly in stocks instead of having more bonds since we're closed. People are going to go, oh, my gosh, this is stupid. That's what bubbles make you feel like. And Because I've been through a few, okay? First bubble I got caught in, when it crashed, I felt like the stupidest person on earth. That's what it makes you feel like. Because it really is stupid. But, but when, it's, when, when it's happening and it keeps happening and then the experts say, well, it's okay. And the experts always say, oh, it's okay. It's not a bubble because blah, 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 blah. No, if it if it quacks like a bubble, walks like a bubble, it's a bubble. And again, I tell anybody, you look at any bubble, this bubble in real estate, if you can find me a bubble anywhere near, and this is two in a row now, which has never, ever happened, you look at stock bubble number one in tech stocks and stock number two, and tell me this is not a bubble, and this one is, looks exactly like the first one, and you're telling me this one won't crash like the first one did? It's just, it's just people are blind. People don't want it to crash. And they've been making easy money. Any idiot has made tons of money in the stock market. Any idiot can make money in a bubble until it bursts, and then they feel like the dumbest person in the world. That's the, that's the booby prize. So, Harry, given that uh, you know it's your forecast that stocks are going to decline significantly, they're going to crash. Real estate's going to do the same thing. It would seem that you would be a fan of of probably holding cash and and, and keeping the proverbial powder dry for. What sounds like it would be the stock or real estate buying opportunity of a lifetime. Absolutely, this, this, and I call. I say, look, forget thinking I'm, I'm bearish. I, I've been the most bullish guy in history from the '80s on. I'm the guy that saw the great boom and the baby boomers coming because I study demographics, not because I'm a genius. I just study in demographics for my business clients and projecting their markets when these baby boomers grow up and spend more money, and it's just a, an obvious sort of thing. So. So it's just a matter of having a great boom and bubble, and we have to come back down to reality because the millennials, we don't need, Dennis, to ever build another house, another office building anywhere in this country unless a new area is growing, like in northern Idaho or something. They discover gold up there or crypto or something in a new area. We already have all the infrastructures we're ever going to need because the millennial generation never takes us to higher needs for those infrastructures, even with baby boomers dying at the fastest rates in history. And that's exactly why. Baby boomers are going to do nothing but die between now and 2042. And so the, the, the millennial boom will be offset. So, so we don't need to build more houses. And if you don't need to build houses, that's the biggest thing that drives growth is, is building infrastructures, commercial and, and residential. So, so we're in a new era. The whole developed world is peaking demographically. We're in the middle. Europe is the weakest. We're in the middle, plateauing, uh, you know, and, and, and parts, you know, Australia and parts of East Asia, you know, South Korea and Taiwan are still growing, okay, developed countries, you know. So, but, but this is the end. The developed world will never really grow that much again. And all the growth after this big crash 
is going to come from the emerging countries, and, and most of that's going to be in Asia, because Africa is going to take decades to wake up. But Asia is waking up, and we're just going to spread from East Asia, you know, China, to Southeast Asia, to India. Okay, that's where we're going, and eventually the Middle East. That's, the world's going to go in that direction, and that's where you're going to have the bigger booms in the future, because there's just no way North America or Europe can boom that much in the future we'll just grow with productivity we're not going to grow from demographic expansion anymore and that's been a huge the biggest tailwind in history well we're gonna have to leave it there my guest today has been mr harry dent uh you can get his free newsletter by visiting harrydent.com and harry always a pleasure to catch up with you and get your perspective uh, appreciate it very much appreciate you taking time out and i'd love to have you back down the road sure yeah and thank you dennis we will return after these words listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. Glad you're listening in today. And thanks again to my special guest today, Mr. Harry Dent, for joining me on today's program. If you're just tuning in, my September special report is titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? In the report, you might discover why the Inflation Reduction Act will likely end up causing even more inflation despite its name, why the prescription drug industry could be on the verge of major change as a result of what you find in this act, the IRS's new power and what to consider in your situation to protect yourself and potentially prosper. When you go to requestyourreport.com and request the report, I'll also send you some bonus information uh, you'll get my two most recent newsletters as well as two of my recent best-selling books, including Revenue Sourcing, which lays out a planning strategy for the current economy. That is all free. All you need to do to get all that, re- all those resources for free and with no further obligation is visit the website requestyourreport.com. Just let us know where to mail the report, and we will be very glad to do that. Well, when you take a look at what's going on in the economy, and I alluded to this in the last segment, we are starting to see signs of deflation emerge. And one of the things that happens in a deflationary environment is you see layoffs. And I mentioned the PwC survey, which uh, took place about a month ago, in which 722 U.S. executives participated And over 50% of these firms are planning on eliminating jobs in the next 12 months. I mentioned that Ford Motor Company just announced it will be laying off 3,000 white-collar and contract employees. Wayfair cutting 870 jobs. Peloton has decided to lay off hundreds of workers. Groupon laid off 15% of its workforce. We have seen layoffs also announced by Best Buy, HBO Max, Shopify, Remax, and Walmart, which I have talked about here on the program over the past couple weeks. Now, when 
you combine layoffs with the fact that interest rates are going up, you paint a picture for the housing market that is not very attractive. Michael Snyder this past week wrote a piece that zeroed in on the California housing market. And single-family homes in California, sales were down 14% in July from June. 14% and down 31% from a year ago. And when you look at the year-over-year declines, that was the 13th consecutive months, the 13th consecutive month, rather, that sales declined. Now, prices are also declining. From June to July, the median price for a single-family house dropped 3.5%. As this recession intensifies, as I believe it will, I think you're going to see the housing market really suffer. Now, Michael Mahari, writing for Shift Gold, talked about another aspect of this issue. He writes that the tanking housing market is starting to put a strain on the mortgage industry and some lenders are already going out of business. In July, nationally speaking, home sales fell 5.9% month on month. Nationally, home sales have declined for six straight months. Year over year, 20% decline. So nationally, we're not quite in as bad a shape as California, but a 20% decline year over year is still a very, very large decline. Now, the other part of this, in addition to the layoffs, are mortgage rates. So Mahari writes that the average 30-year mortgage rate is now at 6.9%. So that makes a home that is already expensive arguably a home that is already overvalued, even more unaffordable for the average buyer. The numbers bear that out. Mortgage application volume has plunged, according to Mahari, by more than 50% already this year. Now, when you look at what happened after the great financial crisis, a lot of big banks pulled back from mortgage lending. Now, as a result of that pullback, a lot of independent lenders now control a larger market share when it comes to the mortgage market. Now, these smaller firms are not as well capitalized than the big banks, and they're already feeling the impact of this slowdown in the housing market. You're going to see a number of these companies, I believe, go out of business First Guarantee is one of these companies. They filed for bankruptcy in June. First Guarantee employed 600 people prior to its bankruptcy. It let 471 of those workers go. Those workers are now looking for other employment. Now, as rates continue to go up and layoffs continue to uh, appear, I think you're going to see the housing market Uh, take even bigger hits. So I would advise you to get some information, educate yourself. And that's really what we're all about here at RLA Radio. If you'd like to order our resources for the month of September, you'll get the special report titled, Can You Profit from the Recently Passed Inflation Reduction Act? 
You'll also get two copies of my best-selling books. You'll get new retirement rules. You'll also get revenue sourcing, which lays out a planning strategy for the current economy. You'll also get my two most recent newsletters. All you need to do to get all that information is visit the website, requestyourreport.com. Let me know where to mail that report. I'll be very glad to send you the report and all the information I just mentioned. Again, the website, requestyourreport.com. And if you're not taking advantage of the free resources at the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates website, I would encourage you to do that. You can go to retirementlifestyleadvocates.com and you can get the weekly Portfolio Watch newsletter there for free. You can get the podcast version of this radio program there for free. And you can also see the weekly headline roundup newscast that I do every Monday at noon. And uh, those are recorded and posted there as well. That Those resources are all available at retirementlifestyleadvocates.com. The website, again, retirementlifestyleadvocates.com. That's all the time I have for this week. Hope you got something you can use, and I will be back again next week. 